Welcome to the Golf Life Alberta podcast with your hosts, Leo Bathgate-Snethin and Darren Krause. Hey everybody, welcome to the Golf Life Alberta podcast. We are season one, episode 12 now. I am your host, Leah Bathgate-Stethen, here with my co-host, Darren Krause. Hey, Darren. Hey, Leah. How's things? Oh, not so bad. Caught camping in Canmore right now, so I definitely can't complain. You just saw the view I had. How about you? Yeah. Well, you know what? Miracles of technology. You're recording the podcast live from your trailer. Well, live to tape, of course, from your trailer. And yeah. yeah, I mean, we're doing this, you know, via FaceTime, just a wonderful world of technology. Um, but yeah, things are good here. Busy May long weekend, only practice, not a lot of um, actual games, but uh, lots of work in the yard done, that's for sure. Well, that always needs to get done. Usually I wish I'd planted my garden before I left, but I didn't. And it is what it is. Yeah, you're, you're camping and I would probably take that uh, over doing May long weekend chores in the backyard. That's for sure. That's true. Hey guys, make sure you check out the website at golflifeab.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at golflifeab. Make sure you uh, comment and tell us what you like, don't like, want to hear on the podcast, Mm -hmm. all of those sorts of things. And we will try and get that done for you. So, um, yeah. You're in Canmore um, and you just told me that you shot one hell of a round today. What happened there? Uh, I don't know what happened, apparently. <laughs> well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. We played our two rounds of Kananaskis on yeah. the weekend, and uh, the course is in fantastic shape. Nice. And it was it was just so much fun to be back there. I never did get to play in 2013 because they were really open for like a month and a half before it flooded, right? So right. I haven't played there since 2012. It felt really, really good to be back home i consider that course home i played it so much before the flood the greens are in great shape like they're they're a little sandy because i mean it's still early season and whatnot and they're making sure that Mm -hmm. everything grows in great but i have never seen those greens because obviously like sometimes especially in the mountains you get ice on the greens and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so sometimes they don't winter very well but the greens were immaculate and it was just, it was in a condition I've never seen it before. So it was a lot of fun. And you said you hadn't played, like the last time you played was 2012. And of course, with the flood and everything, the course had some changes. Um, did you notice the changes and did it affect the playability at all, do you think? I noticed the changes, 100%. Mm-hmm. There's some subtle ones that probably most people wouldn't notice. Um, Mm -hmm. And did it affect the playability? Yes, it made it probably more playable. Right. Uh, 14 is a big one. Um, I believe the original tee boxes were wiped out. They now have these little kind of stone piers. I took some pictures of them um, that go out and kind of help the water pool in those areas rather than just getting that whole river rush if there was to be kind of something similar. And obviously it's built up a lot more than it used to be. Right. Uh, Also on 15, which is a par three with the river running through it. I, I actually didn't know until I looked on Twitter the other day and saw that they had commented on someone else's old picture of 15 Lorette. 
and and they have changed the the cart path route as well as where the tea boxes were changed some bunkering on that hole which actually made it a little bit easier so all in all the the changes and sorry 14 also is that 14 oh my gosh now i'm confusing myself i believe yeah 14 <laughs> used to go straight and mm-hmm. now it's a dog leg left That's to right. make room yeah. for the tees on 15, I believe. Sure. So, yeah, it's uh, I, I thought it was a little bit more playable. Yeah, you know, when I had the opportunity to talk with Bob Paley last year during the media thing... Um, that's one of the things he had mentioned at that time was we kind of had the opportunity here with some of these holes that had some damage. We had the opportunity to make it a little bit more of a course for the players, and it sounds like they did that. I mean, you clearly noticed it, and I'm going to guess that a lot of other players have noticed that, especially those holes 14, 15, 16 are a little bit more playable. I have to I have to do a little humble break here. We were playing <laughs> Tyler and I were playing the white tees, which is about fifty seven hundred yards. I've got literally mm-hmm. a scorecard right in front of me. Where is it? Fifty six twenty five. And anyways, right. so sixteen because of what happened with the river, I believe the tees on sixteen have been moved up as well. Right. So it's 247 from the blues. So of course, I'm sitting there licking my chops. And we had <laughs> the first day we're there, we had the wind behind us and I was hitting my driver pretty good. So I ended up about three yards short of driving the green there, which Ooh. I don't usually hit that long. I had a helping wind. I've been hitting the driver well. I'm, I'm calling it baby power because I am. Well, and the higher altitude further. as well, too. Yeah, that that also definitely helps. But yeah, I think baby's yeah. just helping me drive the ball a little bit further, too. A little extra horsepower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so we played the two rounds there. Uh, took took a day off. Actually, we were going to go to the range today at Stewart Creek. Mm-hmm. But like, you know what happens when you end up going to a golf course like that? You look out and you drive past a couple holes and all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you're teeing off on one and... <laughs> And then yeah, shooting I know a hell exactly of a round. how that happens. Yeah, I mean, come on. What is up with this? You are shooting 70s in the like regularly now. Apparently, I actually didn't know. I wasn't paying too much attention. Code had a rough back nine today. He he played really well actually second round at Kananaskis. He shot an mm-hmm. 80. I think he was only one over on the back there. But yeah, today he was just he was sore. We were supposed to take the day off, but again, we got to Stewart Creek and rather than going to the range, we figured we would play. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's up with it. I watched some video. I, I had I took video of everybody's first tee shot at Kananaskis on Saturday. And as I'm watching it, I start critiquing my swing like most of us do. And <laughs> I feel like I look like I'm reaching for the ball a little bit. So without any range time, because the range isn't quite ready at Kananaskis yet, which is why we were going to go to the range today, mm-hmm. I start trying a more upright swing and it took me a few shots to kind of get my aim down on it but I started hitting the ball way better way cleaner more consistently and yeah I was I was a big fan so yeah today I shot a 79. So you're doing the golf at Kananaskis you're doing the golf in Canmore and you you accidentally slipped in another round at Stewart Creek Leah, you have a tournament this weekend, and you have a tournament tomorrow. How yeah. are you doing this? Well, to be fair, the tournament tomorrow, I don't really run it myself, right? Okay, so, fair. 
the Reed family runs that. So really, I mean, yeah, we have to get up early and go help kind of set up our, especially our hole and whatnot. But, you know, outside of that, I've been, anyone who's registered for Stewart Creek has already received my lovely <laughs> pre-tournament email. It's like not, music to my ears. Not threatening anybody <laughs> at all about their pace of play because, yep. you know, I never worry about that. So yeah, hey, I'm just trying on. to pre-prep. Hold on. On the pace of play... You actually said they want us to play at 420, and you said 430. That's I'm the a good guy. A, that's a right? little bit of a relaxation. What is this, a good cop, bad cop thing now? To be fair, it's a tournament, right? So right. we're playing rules, and we're playing every ball in the cup. So mm-hmm. I get recreationally they want people to finish in 420. I mean, today we finished in, I think, like three hours, the three of us. I don't like slow golf. And um, I also... I think anyone who has ever played on the AGT knows how I feel about gaps in our group. Uh Uh-uh. They they don't fly. (laughs) They don't fly. Actually, speaking of of been there, um, it was Tyler's first time playing Stewart Creek, so I had the opportunity to point out the green on which you threw your putter into the trees to him. So he has a little bit of context now. This is the second time in three three casts that you've brought up my thrown putter. People are going to start to think that I have an anger issue. If if you don't think it's going to get brought up again next week after the Stewart Creek tournament, I mean, you just gave me too much ammo. I have my son there. He's going to keep me with a cool head. He's just going to say, Dad, (laughs) Dad. Don't let it get to you. Don't let it get to you. It's just, he'll hand me the nine iron. I'll put it right on the pin again. And this time we'll make the 10 foot putt. Didn't you win in Barhead when he was, oh no, that was Jake in Barhead, wasn't it? Yeah, that was Jake And Ethan in was in Sundry. So also, I guess, speaking of your, your putter, I, I think you've been practicing with it a little bit. I have been practicing uh, my putting. I totally changed my putting style. I'll get to that. Let me update you first on my grip change and shaping the ball. Guys, there was a left to right wind. It was hard. I was trying so hard to hook the ball into the wind so it would keep it relatively straight. I have achieved nirvana when it comes to shaping the ball. Because I was hitting a hard hook into the wind. It was keeping it straight. I was like so proud of myself, patting myself on the back. It was so amazing. So, but did the hook stop outside of that? Like, so now do you have the hook in your bag and do you have the draw and the fade and the slice and the straight shot? Like, do you have all of them now? I I wouldn't say that I have all of them now. I think that if, you know, again, going back to Todd Halpin talking about committing to the shot, I think if I commit to the shot, I have them, their percentage of success, exactly how I want them, is probably going to vary while I still get used to it. I'm definitely better with the fade than I am with the hook, but I was just so proud of myself that, like, we're talking, this was probably 15 kilometer an hour wind, and I was able to put the ball out to the right, hook it back into the pin but what ended up happening was it 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 ultimately kept it straight whereas if i was just hitting a straight shot it would blow it probably five yards right of the pin so i'm learning i'm adding those grid shots to my game so that was good but the thing that um the thing that struck me and i i've been thinking about this a lot leah is i last year i made the decision to spend more time on uh chipping putting 
sand shots, those kind of things, as opposed to hitting the irons. I felt like on any given day, if I make a bad shot with an iron, um, it's just because, you know, for a lot of other reasons other than I can't hit a good iron shot, like my head's not there, you know, just whatever the reason. But I really found that I struggled when it came to chipping and putting. A lot of three putts, hence the drone putter at Stewart Creek. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of three putts and a lot of bad chips where I wasn't even getting it close to, to the hole. So I've been spending a lot of time doing chipping and putting. But it got me thinking about everybody's game. And I see 30 people on the driving range probably mostly hitting driver. Maybe that's where they need to work on their game, but mostly hitting driver and, you know, mostly hitting long irons. Even there, very few people are hitting their wedge to the short pins, that sort of thing. But almost every time I go to the chipping and putting green, at Darcy Ranch, there is a putting green where you can only putt and there is a chipping green and there's also a sand green. Really great practice facility, but there's nobody ever at the chipping green. They don't putt there. There's hardly anybody ever at the sand green and when you're talking about portions of your game that you are faced with on a regular basis chipping and putting especially for people who are who are you know 10 and above you're not hitting every green why are you not spending more time chipping and putting yet i go there probably three times a week and nobody's ever there why is that it's true i i also agree i don't think many people spend the amount of time that they should on their short games because really if you look at it that's usually where the majority of extra strokes get taken yeah why why more people don't practice that i i could not tell you i i do have to quickly add in mm -hmm. i would not have shot that 79 today if my putter was not on fire the amount of 10 12 15 foot par saves that i had was ridiculous like I couldn't miss those putts if I tried. And I mean, had I had I missed those 10, 12 footers like I usually do, even if it's just right on the edge or whatever, that easily would have been, you know, an 86, 88, 89 type of thing. So short game saves so many strokes. So more people should definitely practice it more often. It was actually my wife that pointed it out. She said, you've got 18 drives. That's it. If you create a ratio of 18 shots... 14, though. 14 because you got two par threes on each, right? Sure, like, you don't even sure. have 18. Right. So you're talking about less than 20% of your shots are drives from your middle irons in. But then how often? I would say the average golfer, and correct me if I'm wrong, the average golfer is hitting greens maybe 30% of the time. So they're yeah. chipping, you know, 60, 70% of the time from somewhere between 25 you know, or f five and 25 yards and so many strokes could be saved there. And I, I, yeah, I'm just surprised. I'm the only one there. It's like my own personal green at Darcy Ranch because nobody's ever there. So. Well, lucky you really. And yeah. you know what? That's, that's exactly the type of thing uh, Mossy was talking about on the hot seat last week with Cody mm -hmm. being that scramble golfer, right? Like the amount yeah. of one putts that guy has in a round is ridiculous, but his wedge game is ridiculous and gets it to like three feet every time. Could yeah. you imagine like hitting your chip shots to tap in range every time what your scores could look like? Exactly. But yet like, and, and I mean, you, you start to compound this stuff where it's where you chip it to 
15 feet and you don't chip it in an ideal spot and then you put yourself in three putt range and all of a sudden you're looking at the double bogeys and yeah so the lesson folks is spend time on the chipping green on the putting green spend or spend as much time or more on that area as you are on your irons and your drives uh, and if you don't know if you guys are going to listen to this and you're coming to the Stewart Creek tournament, it's a little bit hidden and a lot of people don't know about it until they drive to hole 10. And then even then the next time they come back, they forgot it was there. That was me today, even though I've been to Stewart Creek uh, at least 20 times in my life. There is a short game area there towards the 10th hole. So they have a bunker there. They have a bunch of different chip shots that you can hit and obviously they've got the putting green up by the first tee as well and then the driving range so um, it's nice when these golf courses do provide you with a short game practice area because that actually isn't all that common and that's probably part of the reason why people don't think about practicing it more because Mm -hmm. it's not really something they have the opportunity to practice Did you have time to watch any of the professional tours this past weekend? I did not. Surprisingly, the rounds that I watched were Thursday, Friday. That doesn't really tell a lot of the story. I watched Jordan Spieth, mainly because uh, I, I do believe that that's his home course, and they were all flummoxed as to why he wasn't absolutely destroying it. I think he... I can't remember. I think he was maybe even or one under on the first day. And um, so that was the story of the day, of course. But no, Saturday, Sunday, that was prime, prime work in the yard. So I didn't actually get the opportunity to to catch it. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I did not either. But um, at the AT&T Byron Nelson, we had Aaron mm -hmm. Wise come out on top. The reason I actually know about this is I was scrolling on Twitter and noticed the head pro from the Glendale uh, tweeted and Aaron Wise, was he's a former McKenzie Tour player. He actually won the inaugural, uh, the 2016 Sin Crude Oil Country Championship oh, when it nice. was at Glendale that year. So that was, that's kind of fun, at least, you know, especially for that, that course. It was the first year that that tournament was held and... Mm-hmm kind of cool that the winner from that is now a PGA Tour winner. Well, I think it also goes to show that, I mean, and this is how the PGA has has planned the progression of these tours. They want, you know, the PGA, the McKenzie Tour, you know, the web.com, you know, they want to see that progression. So it's really nice to see, you know, their their plan kind of executed in, in that fashion. Uh, and then in the LPGA, uh, again, this was just kind of looking through Twitter, Brooke Henderson <laughs> uh, made a huge run on Sunday shooting a 65 at the Kings Mill Championship. Uh, she ended up, oh man, I can't even remember, T6 or something along mm-hmm. those lines. And But there was still a three-way playoff. <laughs> I'm going to let you say their names because I cannot pronounce them very well. <laughs> All right, let's uh, take a shot here. Um, Area Jutanagarn. I do know that one because uh, I love watching the Jutanagarn sisters uh, on the LPGA. They're both great golfers. Uh, Inji Chun and Nasa Hatooka. Uh, they were all in the sudden death playoff. And uh, yeah, again, the Jutanagarn sisters, uh, Jutanagarn did win. They are, they are really great golfers. And you know, funny thing is... 
I really started watching a lot more LPGA probably probably about three years ago, uh, mainly because I love their tempo and how they swing the club. The Jutanagarns, like I, they just caught my attention. Of course, the name is so easy to remember and it rolls off the tongue, but it's so awesome when you get that in your head to see the Jutanagarns and you see them up in the leaderboard. So, I mean, just like an interesting side note, but it's uh, it's it's really cool to see them doing so well. And those... I mean, a lot of them, they look like they're barely swinging at the ball. And it makes me feel like, why can't I hit it that far? Like, I swing that hard. I probably don't swing that hard. But they make it look so easy. I know they do. It's just, it's it's so nice to watch. It, if you haven't, if you're out there and you haven't spent a lot of time watching the LPGA, Really, it it is such a sense of relief to see how far they can hit the ball when it's just a nice, easy stroke. Mm -hmm. Our clubs are meant to propel the ball with a nice, easy stroke. And there's actually a a, a YouTube video out there. Actually, there's hundreds of YouTube videos out there that demonstrate this exact same thing. When you swing the club at a slow, easy pace, your club head speed is actually faster than when you try to use your shoulders and try to really swing the club with your upper body. It's it's physics. I mean, the LPGA really gets that down, and uh, you see their balls explode off the uh, off the club face. Well, next up we have Chip Shots brought to you by Callaway Golf. So we got a lot of cool things here today. Uh, very junior driven, um, even to the point well where Jacqueline Lee, although it's certainly not a junior, she she's at the NCAA championships uh, this week. Tied for fifth at the NCAA championships, but it was the best ever indiv- individual finish for an Ohio State Buckeye player. Uh, We've talked, uh, I think, three times now about Jacqueline Lee and some of the great things that she's done. Uh, This is just another one of those things. I do believe that she has another year of eligibility next year, but I'm sure it's only a matter of time before she's going to be another one in the contingent of uh, great Canadian golfers, great great Canadian female golfers, especially Mm -hmm. who are are on tour. She's so good, and she's she's just been on a huge tear the last few years so very proud of her great job again Jacqueline and of course I should point out she is a Calgary girl so um, yeah yes um and speaking of Alberta kids uh 30 Alberta girls and boys were at the future links driven by Acura in Victoria BC this weekend uh pretty big contingent now uh Leah you were telling me that there were four holes in one made in one day and two of them were by Future Links players. I mean, I ha- I've played for 30 years and I have not hit a hole in one yet. <laughs> no, I know. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, through the golf shows and whatnot. I've become uh, good friends with the golf sales manager at Bear Mountain there, Chris Curry. And he had posted mm-hmm. on Facebook about, yeah, the four holes in one that day and uh, two by regular players on the other course and then two by the Future Links. So that was pretty awesome to see. I had a big smile on my face when I read that. That's awesome. Uh, sticking with Future Links, June 1st to 3rd, there is a Future Links tournament here at High River in Alberta at the Highwood Golf and Country Club, where we are a little bit later this year for our Stampede Shootout. Is that not right? Yeah, you betcha. I'm looking forward to that one. 
Sticking with junior golf, the Maple Leaf Junior Tour event is this weekend in Lethbridge at the Evergreen Golf Center. Uh, It's a U.S. Kids Golf qualifier, and if you are a golf movie fan and you have seen the short game, uh, you will know the U.S. Kids Golf qualifier. Leah, I love the short game. It is probably top three in my must-watch golf movies. Tyler has been obsessed with everything about the short game since he saw it a few years ago. Um, So because of that, he is actually headed to Lethbridge this weekend to play in that event. So it's his very first Maple Leaf event ever. Yeah. Yeah, oh boy, is, is he a little bit nervous? It's Tyler. Have you ever seen... I get more nervous for those tournaments than, <laughs> than he does. Um, he's he's uh, maybe forgotten a little bit about um, acceptable poutiness on the golf course this week. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're trying to ingrain into him what is acceptable and what is what, what he can actually get away with. But of course, we're not going to be there to make sure that he's following mm-hmm. the rules this weekend. So... Hopefully he uh, he takes his proper etiquette that he has learned over the last couple of years with him down there and and plays well and is a good sport at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, he is a great golfer. There's no doubt. Uh, I have no doubt that he's going to do good. Uh, you know what? And I, I think he's going to be a great little emissary for the Alberta Golf Tour. Uh, he does have a lot of tournaments under his belt for somebody who's 10, or is he 11 now? Yeah, 10. So uh, it's going to be great. And who knows? Maybe we're going to see him on short game too. If That would be one. fun. He actually went out and shot an 82 today at Stewart Creek from the gold red combo. Wow. So, yeah, he was, he was playing he's very well. He's getting the game all fine-tuned. Yeah. Well, you know, and him and Cody have been betting on their games all week. <laughs> uh-huh. So he was down six bucks from the Kananaskis rounds because silly guy, uh, mom had to remind him to negotiate some strokes into his bets with <laughs> Cody because he is a higher handicap than him. So he didn't need those strokes today, though. Uh, yeah, no code. So what are we spending more time on, on teaching Tyler? Are we spending more time on teaching him how to, uh, make a good bet on the golf course or more time at the range? Oh, he doesn't need the range. He's a natural. (laughs) (laughs) He was supposed to school everybody on the golf course and and win their money. (laughs) Swindle their money. I will remember that. And of course this weekend is, well, I should say first we've got the MS fundraiser tournament on the Alberta golf tour. And then this weekend is our season opening major it is a Stableford scoring format, so blow-up holes are, are not penalized, which is kind of nice. And we're really looking forward to getting the first major under our belt. That is this weekend, and I'm sure we will have some great interviews from this weekend uh, for next week's show. So looking forward to that. That was Chip Shots, brought to you by Callaway Golf. Now, Leah, you had just mentioned the MS tournament. We are actually taping in advance of that, and we'll be talking with Dave Reed, one of our uh, golfers' dads, Thomas Reed, and he's going to talk to us about the MS tournament, you know, a little bit more. It's been a great tournament. I've been a part of it. I couldn't do it 
this year, but uh, I've been a part of it for the past three years and I really enjoyed it. What can you tell us about the MS tournament and kind of how it leads into the Alberta Golf Tour season? Well, Thomas approached me, um, man, I can't remember, I think four years ago now, uh, to see if I would consider putting it on the schedule. Uh, you know, they, they had good numbers, but they were looking for for a little bit more and so it kind of helped kind of get the word out a little bit more with the ms tournament you know i think my favorite part about the whole thing is not only raising awareness of of ms and raising funds for people suffering with it but they have the most unique hole every year and i know you took part in this and and it's fun because it's actually been different every year that i've been involved and they they have what what they call the ms symptom hole Mm -hmm. and it is i mean really if there's people that are going there that don't necessarily know what ms is or what it does to the body that hole is they've made it fun and educational at the same time so they've got these kind of rubber oven mitts that somebody you have to like roll the dice and see which symptom you get right it's part of your group so they have these oven mitts that have little pricklies on the inside, so that tingling numbness of the hands. <clears throat> They've got uh, glasses that you have to wear where it completely distorts your vision. You can't see anything. They've got one eye patch that you have to wear while standing on a balance board. And what are some of the other ones? Oh, man, they they do such a good job of getting people that don't have MS and don't really know necessarily what it's about to understand some of the symptoms that these people go through that that have to suffer with MS every day. Yeah, I I have taken part in that. And uh, I mean, only once, and it was by sheer luck, because I was wearing the goggles that you couldn't see a damn thing out of. (laughs) And I happened to hit a nice chip. It it landed in the middle of uh, of the green. And thankfully, due to the contours, it went down to where the hole was. So I got lucky there, but I have seen so many things from absolutely duffed chips like a foot to sculling it across the green. And it really does give you a good sort of, um, maybe not a good, because of course we could never, you know, replicate that sort of thing. But it, it gives you a really good understanding of what it must be like to live with the symptoms of MS, um, especially yeah. when it comes to the coordination, the sight, uh, all of those sorts of things. And I, you know what, I'm really sorry that I couldn't come out to the tournament th- this year, Just it, but, but it is for anybody who is a first time AGT player, I actually think it's probably one of the best ways to start out your AGT life is on the MS thing because there's no pressure. You go out, you have fun, you get to know people. That's how I first started. And I think it really broke the ice for me. So there's so many reasons why um, why this MS tournament, I'm glad we take part in it. And I'm looking forward to hearing what Dave has to say. Uh, Dave actually got to play our second round at Kananaskis with us on the weekend too. Oh, so that, yeah, that's awesome. All right, everybody, we are here with one of the organizers of the MS Driving for a Cure tournament that the Alberta Golf Tour takes part in every year. We have Dave Reed here for the interview. Welcome, Dave. Thanks, Leah. Good to be here. So let's talk a little bit about the tournament. How long has the tournament been going on? This was our 14th year today. 
Wow. And has it always been at Tooth of the Dog Pound? No, we started out at Carstairs for the first four years, and then we moved out here after that, and we've been here for 10 years now. Awesome. Why did you want to start the tournament 14 years ago? Well, my wife was diagnosed with MS in 1991, and we rode the bike tour for 10 years. And a guy my age, getting on a bike and riding 200 kilometers, I thought there had to be a better way to raise money. <laughs> and uh, we all golf, so we decided as a family to start a golf tournament because we all enjoy golf, and we thought it would be a fun way of uh, raising money for MS. Absolutely. We totally agree with you. So how much uh, money has been raised since the tournament's inception? Uh, including this year will be in excess of about $152,000 raised in uh, 14 years. Wow, that is awesome. And uh, for those people who haven't been to the tournament before, can you let them know what the funds are used for? Uh, we use the funds because we're fortunate with Marg that we don't have to worry about a lot of things with her MS symptoms, that we want to keep the family units together. So we buy equipment, whether it's a chairlift, a lift, to put a ramp on a porch, redesign a bathroom, just so the family unit can stay together because we believe that a strong family unit will help with the symptoms of MS more than somebody being in a full care facility. Absolutely. Totally agree. And, and that's been something that you've definitely tried to strike home uh, ever since we've been involved. Do you know approximately how many families you've helped with the funds that you've raised? Since we started doing this with this fund, we probably, I think we're in excess of 20 to 22 families across the province of Alberta. It started in central Alberta. Two years ago, we opened it up from the Montana border right to northern Alberta, BC to Saskatchewan borders, because we feel that there's more people that need the help than just the central Alberta people. All right, I've got one more question for you, Dave. Phil or Tiger? Neither. Oh. I'll take Jason Day. I like the Aussie. Sorry. Okay. All right, fine. J Day. Team Taylor made. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Alberta Golf Tour has been so thrilled to be a part in helping raise the funds for this for you guys for the past. I don't even know, four years now? Four or five years. Yeah. We've, been, we've been very fortunate to have you guys here as a part of this tour and just help us spread the word. And we're honored that you guys take part in this and put it on your schedule for us. And, uh, you know, so thank you to yourself, Cody, Tyler, the Alberta Golf Tour. It's just been awesome to have you a part of our, our group and our family. Yeah, we love, we love being out here and now being a part of your family for sure. Thank you so much for joining us this week, Dave. My pleasure, Leah. Thanks very much. Great interview again with Dave. That's a, if you are considering the Alberta Golf Tour or next season, try the try the MS tournament. It's it's a great way to get to know some players, no pressure, all that sort of thing. Um, Dave really summed up everything that the MS tournament is all about. Great interview, Leah. Uh, thanks for bringing that to us. All right, and next. Uh, I figured what better time than uh, the week of his family's fundraiser tournament, but also the week right after he got called out by somebody as a rival. So mm -hmm. uh, we have this week in the AGT hot seat, Thomas Reed. Hey, everybody, we are here with the new AGT hot seat this week. As previously mentioned, we have Thomas Reed on the hot seat today. Welcome to the show, Thomas. Thanks, Leah. Pleasure to be here. All right, do you know how, the, how this works? I have a little bit of an idea, but uh, let's see what you have for me today. All right, here we go. Sorry, I just need to hydrate. 
Every good golfer has to hydrate. Okay, number one, where are you from? Uh, born and raised in Calgary area, mostly in Carstairs, Alberta. Uh, how long have you been playing on the AGT? Been playing since 2015. What flight do you play in? Uh, generally, it's the championship flight, but who knows what will happen this year. It looks like a lot more competition coming out, so we'll see. What is your favorite AGT moment? Oh, I don't know, probably between Andrew playing it out of the water at a championship two years ago or my first win with two sevens on the scorecard. Turner Valley? Turner Valley, yeah, 2015. What is your home course? I don't have one. Generally, wherever I can get on. What's your favorite course of all time? Favorite course? I like Hyde Mountain in Sycamus, BC. What kind of clubs do you hit? Uh, for the most part, they're tailor-made with the sprinkling of a yes putter and Cleveland wedges. What is your favorite shot to hit? Favorite shot? I'd go with a nice high cut. What kind of ball do you play? Uh, tailor-made TP5X. Driving or chipping? Oh, recently probably chipping, but I still like to drive the ball. Would you prefer to play in the wind or the rain? Oh, I know Mossy doesn't like the wind, but uh, I'll go with the rain. It's a good equalizer. How would people best describe you in high school? The nerdy athletic guy that was probably all skin and bone. Um, has that changed at all? Well, not many people can say this, but yeah, I've gained 40 pounds since high school and I still look okay. Got some wild people over there. I imagine that's how the majority of the hot seats are going to be going forward since they'll be done at tournaments. Uh, favorite junk food? Oh, gotta be a nice chocolate bar. Do you import them from the UK like Mossy? Definitely not. I'm not as picky. It's chocolate's chocolate. If you had $10 million to wager on somebody making a 10-foot putt, AGT, PGA Tour, doesn't matter, anyone in the world, who would you pick? I gotta go after watching this kid play today. I'm gonna go with Tyler. That's a really good pick, actually. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, the most heated question of the hot seat Who is your AGT rival? Oh, rival. I don't know. Cookie and I seem to have some good battles back and forth, and then you throw Chris Patterson in there. But uh, I'm gonna stick with Cookie. It's always good times battling back and forth on the course with him. Not going to call Mossy back out, are you? No, I gave him a little shout out with the weather and, you know, he's a good guy and I appreciate the call out. I wasn't expecting that, but uh, I'm going to call out Cookie on this one. All right, Cookie. Ball's in your court now. And that was this week's AGT Hot Seat with Thomas Reed. Thanks for joining us, Thomas. Thanks for having me, Leah. Another fabulous AGT hot seat. Um, I love this segment. I really do. Good to see Thomas sticking with the rivalry stuff. I know that Tyler Mossy called him out last weekend. I'd like to see how the two of them, you know, you should put them together in a pairing now that they know that they're after each other. We'll see how that flies. What do you think? Two nicest guys Cody knows in the same group. <laughs> That's just that's just too nice of a group. I don't I don't know. We'll have to see the way the pairings the, the way the pairings go. <laughs>
All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening this week. We are looking forward to getting that first major under our belts this weekend on the Alberta Mm -hmm. Golf Tour. I cannot believe the season is finally here. Oh, and it will come fast and furious, Leah, of course, after this weekend. We're at Riverbend in Red Deer. And then Red Tail on the Monday after that in uh, Miskew, I guess, technically is where it is. Yep, we've got two and a half-ish, three, three months. Three months of straight golf, pretty much. Yep, yep, twice a week. You yep. betcha. <laughs> looking forward to it and looking forward to seeing and hearing all of you throughout this season. I don't know if you can hear in the background, there is a train that runs through this campground not very far. <laughs> I'm surprised it just went now. Uh, Anyways, please go to the website at golflifeab.com. We'll probably have another Kneeler Nose up there. He he did very well last week with the Jimmy Walker pick. He was T6, so good job again, Ryan. Mm -hmm. We're getting closer, getting closer. He is getting closer. Well, he did have that Ian Poulter pick, if you remember back back when yeah, Ian won that. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So, so wait, is he working his way back then? Like I don't know. I don't know. He's still doing... Okay, I can't st- I'm staring out my window of my camper right now watching my child do the floss dance. Oh, my goodness. My kid. I coached baseball tonight. Sorry, guys. We're, we're, we're taking a little <laughs> sidetrack here. My kid out on second base. Do you think he's in the ready position while he's out in field? No, he's doing the gosh darn floss. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can't even. All right. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Golf Life AB. And uh, show us your floss dance if you are one of those people that do it. <laughs> Maybe we'll take some floss dance video this weekend and post it at GolfLifeAB.com. Let's do it. See you next week, guys. You've been listening to the Golf Life Alberta podcast.